I remember you. This is uh, Ryan talking now. Ryan is the person who's doing my my first interview for the district manager position. And he's like, oh my God. When I, as soon as I walked in the room, he was like, I remember you. And as I was talking, he was like, no, I really do remember you. And he d- started describing like the clothes that I was wearing, which was embarrassing because my clothes were not great at the time. And he remembered even our conversation. And I was blown away that he would remember me when I when I first got hired I wasn't even like when I found this gym by accident I was walking down the street applying to like every single place I could find and I remember hearing the music and stopping outside of the building and that's when I ran into Ryan who was I didn't know it at the time but he was a recruiter very cute by the way very cute um he had like he has like you know like that like you know that he's like younger not younger but like he was probably like 40 when I met him but his hair was like completely silver, like Anderson Cooper type vibes. And um, well, he didn't look like Anderson Cooper, um, but he had like the whole silver hair thing going on, the early age silver hair thing going on. And I just remember thinking like, wow, he's really cute. But not just that he was really cute, but he was really, really welcoming. And he made me feel like I belong there. And it just so happened, and I might've talked about this before, but it just so happened that they were having a hiring event that day. and I walked in and he set me up and I remember asking him and he told me this he said you you asked me what positions we were hiring for and what you qualified for and I was like yeah and he's like I totally remember you but wait a minute you were if I remember correctly we started you I put you in the housekeeping category and I was like yeah that's right and he was like wow People don't usually make it this far who start there anyway, Um, which I know it's a thing, but a lot of that has to do with the company culture. Like when you separate and you don't like actively work people anyway, it's not, it's not important to this story. Um, But he seemed really impressed by that. And the interview went well, it was more informal than what I was expecting it to be. I still got dressed up. Um, It was still more informal than what I was expecting it to be, but it went well. We just kind of like talked. It didn't feel like a, job interview per se but i do have another interview with him james and the head of our people um the head of our people what do you call it the head of our people team okay now here's the thing you know sam and james and i you know they talked about the whole idea of us being like a three-way couple i don't like saying the other one um but uh, being a three-way you know partnership and I'm seeing the way that James is. By the way, I love to watch James and Sam together. Now more than ever do I see why they work, why they even gravitated to each other in the first place when both of them were lying about who they were and who they who they wanted to be. It's amazing to see them come through that and be exactly the people that they wanted to be. Like, they just make sense together, and I love it. So I'm looking at them from a distance, um, and I remember... In particular, it was this one day after dinner, they were sitting on the couch watching TV and James was rubbing her feet and they were talking about something. Something wasn't important, but the way that they laugh together, the way that they finish each other's sentences. I wasn't jealous, but I just was like, I miss that. I miss having that. And I also thought, you know, 
James has been gung-ho about. Like, before, before, so, okay. Sam hit the fact that she was pregnant from me and James both. For as long as she could. Because at first she was like, I don't know if I'm going to keep the baby. Um, especially the circumstances with how the baby was conceived. Messy, messy, messy Brooks. Um, especially with the circumstances with how the baby was conceived and, you know, her relationship with James and her work life and everything. Like, she was just like, I don't know if I can handle this. But she didn't do it. And then when she let James know, like, they were on again, off again, on again, off again. They went a long time without seeing each other. And then when she told him, he broke it off. And she told me that it was the moment where the baby was kicking and she grabbed at her stomach and James ran over to her. And he said, she said that he felt the kick. And it changed him. And she said, from that moment on, it's like something, something else came alive in him. She said, from that moment on, you know, they got back together. After they had, like, just broken up, they got back together. And here we are. But anyway, I'm sitting there and I'm watching them. And I'm, you know, missing it for myself. But also, too, another thought is sort of, like, settling in on me where it's like, I wonder when they have children of their own of James and Sam's making what the dynamics will be like. And I know that this sounds a little bit um, mistrusting and maybe a little bit wrong, but I start to think I need to set myself up. I need to set myself up so that I can provide for my son on my own. Just in case. Usually when I get off work now, I come home and I spend the entire rest of the day until it's time to put um, Thomas down for bed with him, um, either in his room. I do a lot of, I do a lot of, um, I started playing guitar again. And I do a lot of um, reading to him from, some from Tommy's journal. I can't read everything that's in there to him. Um, but I do a lot of that. I do a lot of like singing and stuff. And he like, he listens to me. Like when, when I come home and when we're doing that, like he's just like laser in tuned. And I'm staring at him and he's staring at me. And I remember, I didn't audibly hear the voice in my mind, but I reflected back on something that somebody told me a long time ago. Actually, Miguel told me the exact same thing. I forget what we were talking about, but he's like, you know, one day you'll understand. You'll do anything for your kids. And another guy told me that. Somebody who I haven't talked about yet on this podcast, but why not? Let's get into it. Um, his name was Logan. And the reason why I call him Logan, he reminds me so much of Hugh Jackman. He was, he was, he was a Latino dude. Um, but he, I don't know what it was. He just reminded me of Hugh Jackman and I was like really big into the X-Men movies. Um, you know, the ones with, um, Sean Ashmore. <sighs> um, but he, at the time, like I was, um, I was working at the gym and I actually used to call him Logan 
in my mind. So like I'm I you know I change, I give him an alias here, but in my mind at the time I was calling him Logan. I used to think, why do I keep calling this guy Logan? His name is not Logan. And I just realized because um X-Men The Last Stand was on TV the other day and I was like, he reminds me of that guy. And I was like, that's probably the reason why I was calling him Logan. Anyway, that aside, he was just the nicest just the nicest guy. And he seemed so sweet. And he, you know, he, he reminded me, like I said, of a Latino, Hugh Jackman. Um, he was about my height. Um, he had a very, very, very toned body. I wouldn't say like buff, but super toned. And he had three kids. And his kids seemed like the happiest, the happiest children on the planet. And I used to love when they would come in. Now, he didn't have the kids on his membership. But during the summertime, we had pools at my other gym. When I first, Now, this is before Miguel. This is before, you know, me and James started messing around. This is like, I was probably working at the gym about nine months when this happened, when I met this guy. Six to nine months. And I was working the desk. So maybe it was, yeah, it was probably closer to nine months. I was working the desk. And I used to let, I used to like, they would come in and he would, you know, go to pay for his kids to either come use the pools or use the, um, the childcare. And I would say, oh, it's buy one, get two free. And he would always laugh. And cause he knew I was making that up. Um, he would always laugh and I would, I would charge him for like one kid and let the rest go through. But also too, part of the reason why I did it, not only because I liked him so much, but because it made me really happy to see like such a good father. But also too, he never tried to sneak his kids past the desk, which people did all the time. And I really think people need to understand like how much trouble they can get us into when they try to do that sort of thing. Anyway, he never did that. He always paid for his kids. He was always so sweet and like humble. And I would, I would break the rules. Like there's, there's a lot of rules that I would never break. That is a rule that I broke all the time for him and for some others. Um, anyway, one of the things that I noticed the most about him is he would work all the time. I would, sometimes I'd work a split shift where I'd come in in the morning and do housekeeping and he would be there working out. And I'd be like, oh, what you got going on today? He's like, after I leave here, I'm going to work. And then I'd work the split shift and he'd be coming in to use the sauna after work. And be like, what you got planned for the night? And he's like, oh, I got to go back to work. I'm like, again? And he would look at me and he would say, one day you'll understand. You'll do, any, you'll do anything for your kids. That's a nice story. But it didn't end there. <laughs> um, oh, boy. Um, so, you know, even with all of his hard work, I still noticed that, like, a lot of times he would fall behind on his membership to the point where the computer, after he gets past a certain amount of months, the computer's like, this member can't check in until they pay their balance. And I would see that and I would ignore it. And I'd let him in. Um, and then it got to like the three month mark where the membership starts to cancel itself out. And we would, we would our, our, for our register, like a lot of times our members would buy stuff and they would never take their change. Like it was rare that a member would ever take their change unless it was like a really big substantial amount. Um, but it could be like five bucks and people wouldn't take their change. And I remember this one day, like my drawer was over like 250 bucks. So I had like 250 bucks of extra money just sitting in my account and I used it to pay off 
his membership, Logan's membership. And I remember a few days later, I was um, sitting in the steam room, just chilling off. You know, I wasn't on the clock. I was chilling in the steam room, um, just, you know, doing what you do in the steam room. Um, And he came in and he had just gotten out of the pool. He comes into the steam room and like his shorts were like sticking to his, his body. And I was like, oh my God, he had like such a nice like bulge. Like you could tell like something was heavy in there. And I looked at it and then I looked at him and I was like, oh fuck. I know he like, he had to have seen me and he sits on the other side of the steam room. And he doesn't say anything at first besides, you know, hey, and I was like, hey. And then he says, so I went to pay off my bill today. And they mm-hmm. said that I don't owe anything. And he's kind of smiling at me. And I'm like trying hard not to stare at his crotch, but it's like very visible. And he says, are you always so nice to me because you like me? And bitch, I was panicking. I was like, oh my God. Um, And I was like, I said something to the effect of like, no, I do that for a lot of people. And he seemed to buy it. He was like, okay. And I, I told him straight up, I was like, you're a good dad. Like the world needs more dads like you. Like I just appreciate who you are. That's why I do some of the things that I do for you. And like, I remember the look that he got on his face. He like, he like backed up almost like I hit him. He like backed up and like his face was like twisted and he just hung his head like really wearily in his hands and he shook his head for a little bit. And I remember when he spoke next, like he had a tremble in his voice and he was like, you know, I think you're one of the only people that thinks so. And I was like, dude, I know so. And it got quiet. And I said, but I do like you. And I was like, but I like a lot of people. And I just smiled and I kind of left. So a couple of days later, I had just gotten off work. It was right about midday. Yeah, it was right at noon because that's when the shifts would break. So I had worked a morning shift and I got off at noon and I was sitting, I was sitting in my car at a light getting ready to turn down the street. And this car pulls up on me and rolls down the window. And at first I'm kind of like freaked out a little bit, like, oh, who's rolling up on me like this? And I see, I see Logan and I'm like, oh dude. And I rolled in my window and we're like, hey, what's up? And he like in all seriousness with like this really like, hard and serious look in his face. He's like, follow me. And he takes off the other way. And I sit for like a millisecond before I tear off after him. And I follow him for a good 10 minutes. And as we're driving, neighborhood's getting sketchier. I'm getting kind of like, oh, what's happening? Where am I going? And we pull up in front of his house. And he gets out of his he gets out of his car, doesn't even look back at me. He just kind of like motions with his hand for me to come follow him. And I get out. And we're in the, like this hood neighborhood. And I get out. I walk across his grass, follow him into his house, and he closes the door behind. And he's just kind of like looking around. He's he's like rubbing the back of his neck with his hand, just kind of like this is where I live. And I was like, okay, cool. I, I mean, I, I can see that. 
And granted, this was like when I was still kind of new to all this stuff. So I didn't see the next part coming. I didn't see the part coming when he like lunged at me and like started to kiss me. And at first it was a bit rough, but like as he like took a breath and like calmed down, he got into like his rhythm and oh my God, this man knew how to kiss. One of the best kissers, like, I'm not even, I'm not even going to rank it, but he, he knew what he was doing and we're making out and he starts kissing my neck and I was like, wait, wait, wait. Cause I had just got off work. I was like, I need to shower. <laughs> and he was like, follow me. And we went into his shower and started like still kissing and making out and undressing each other. And I turn him around and I'm like kissing. I remember like just letting my lips like grace like the vertebrae on the back of his neck. And I pull down his shorts and he is rock hard. And you know, granted, it wasn't like it wasn't a big one. It was like five inches um thick, five inches, but he had some of the biggest balls I've ever seen. Like, and they hung like really low. I was like, oh my gosh. It was a huge turn on. That's a huge turn on for me personally. And I keep kissing him and like making out. And I'm kissing like all over like his neck and everything. Um, and I remember he reached his hand back at my crotch and I could feel like his hand, like jolting around trying to find like the tip. He's like, what the fuck? And he turns around and like pulls my shorts down. And like my dick, like, you know, I'm hard by this point. So it's it's big and it was in his face and he's like, oh my God, what the fuck? He goes down on me and, you know, it's not the best head ever. Like he basically just has like the tip of my dick in his mouth and he's holding it there and I can feel him working his tongue around it. And like, he's like jerking it with both hands and it wasn't the best. You could definitely tell it was his first time, but I just let him do his thing. And I was so turned on the way he would like look up at me. As if to say, am I doing it right? It just really, it really got me, like, it really got me, like, in a whole nother headspace. Like, that's kind of, like, when I started to learn, like, the difference between, like, there's, like, physical pleasure. But then there's, like, what I would call, like, ideal pleasure. Like, not ideal as in, like, this is what I value. But just, like, the the fantasy and the 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 mental sort of connect behind, like, the sex. Like... It was the fact that he was who he was and he was doing this to me that really, really turned me on. I wasn't able to finish with him sucking me. So I like stood, I stood him back up and I turned him around and I spread him open and he was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I was like, chill. I'm not going to, I'm not going to jump inside you, dude. Um, and I started to eat him out and he was slamming his fist against the wall he was moaning so loudly and he was saying like fuck yeah dude and I was just like oh this is such a turn on it was such a turn on and then like I worked on his balls which is like what I, what I really was after and it was so jolting to have just these two really heavy pairs of balls in my mouth like I it was, it, it honestly turned me on so much. And I had him so teased by the time I even went to like suck his dick. He came in like less than 60 seconds. 
And I swallowed every drop. I didn't stop sucking him until he was down on the floor, laid out in the shower, like begging me to stop. Like he came and I sucked him. And when his knees gave, I sucked him. And when he fell under the shower water, I kept sucking him until there was nothing left. When I was done, he told me that it was the best head ever. And I was happy to have that merit badge. Um, and he apologized for coming so quick. He was like, oh, I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. That was the best head ever. And I was like, bro, don't apologize. Like, I personally, I think I've said this before. I personally love it when a guy comes quick because he's turned on. Like, to me, there's no bigger compliment. I know, like, oh, I want the sex to last and all that kind of stuff. I could care less, honestly. I mean, I like sex. Sometimes I want it to go on for a long time. But most of the time, even if it, whether it does or it doesn't, here's the thing. When it does, a lot of times I'm just like, okay, when is this going to be over? But when it doesn't, I'm usually never like, oh, I wish that could have gone on longer. When it's, when the fact that, you know, the guys come is because of me, like, that's everything to me. I love that. So anyway, we stand back up and he's like showering me off and everything. And he reaches around me and he's jerking my dick. And I can feel that he's still getting hard. I mean, that he hasn't, you know, his erection hasn't completely gone down. He's getting harder. And he's like thrusting his dick between my thighs. And like, I was, I was mad turned on. And then I came. We're still in the shower when his phone goes off. And he's like, oh, shoot. And he like reaches out the shower. He's grabbing for his pocket, for his phone in his pockets. And he looks at the time and he's like, oh, shoot turns off his alarm and I'm like, what's wrong? And he said, I have to go pick my kids up from school. Um, and so we just finished up really quickly, but it was cool. It was cool because like, even as we were getting dressed, he would stop and he would look at me and he would like slap me on the ass or give me another kiss. And that was that he thanked me too for always being so good to him. I loved it. I loved that. And I really looked at him as an example for what I felt like a father should be. Whether you have the most or you have the, the least, he gave it all for his kids. He gave it all for his kids. Only now do I realize how much Logan is right, how much Miguel was right. The whole idea of doing anything for my son is very very it's so second nature that I don't even like there are decisions that I realize I'm making that I don't even consider myself in which is totally new for me I feel like I have been this <laughs> is gonna sound really selfish but it's true I've been the center of my universe since as long as I can remember everything was always about you know for me I mean even though you know I was loving and giving you know, to other people and to the guys in my life, it really was about how they made me feel. And now I'm starting to like, I don't know, it's like I'm becoming something else where it's about him. It's not about me. And I don't know what to do with that, but I like it. It's a different type of pressure. It's almost a scarier type of pressure. And I'm working through it. 
I'm working through it, but I realized like I'm carrying stress. <laughs> I'm carrying stress around that. Like I'd never had before, especially with like all of this, like, should I go back to school? Should I, uh, should I, I'm going back to school. How am I going to do that? Or how am I going to go back to school? Um, what about this new job? Like, what is this all going to mean? And it's so much to the point where I remember I was going shopping this one day. James didn't come with me this time. Um, but I was going shopping and I remember I had a whole list. I made a whole list of things that we needed so that I wouldn't forget anything. And I forgot to look at the list. I went and I shopped and I got stuff. And then when I got home and I was unloading it, Sam was like, hey, did you get the... And I was like, oh my God. And I pulled the list out of my pocket and I was just like checking off things that I did not actually pick up. And I was like, this is not normal for me. Like, this is so not normal for me. Um, and it was just all a bunch of... Listen, I'm a, I, I, I can be quite a worrier, especially when it's like there's unknowns and new things coming up. So like this new position is freaking me out because I think I might get it. If I thought I, hadn't, I couldn't stand a chance, you know, I'd be like, oh, it's whatever. But I think I actually might get it. Um, and it's scary. James has been tutoring me on like the role and like things to say in the interview and what they're going to be looking for, which is a big, you know, it's a big, um, what do you call it? It's a big advantage for me. And I'm just, I feel like I got this. And then there's school and I was, I was, we were eating dinner one day, me, Sam, James, we were eating dinner and I was talking about like, what do I do? Should I do? school or should I do this job and James was like you could like just do the job and then you know go to school some other time <laughs> and Sam was like what are you crazy like district managing is not that hard and James gave her like a dirty look and she was like sorry babe and she said why don't you just do both like you can go to night school you can do online school you don't have to be on campus during the day with all of the other students and it kind of I kind of, I got a little pang when she said that, um, because a part of, a big part of me wanting to go back to school wasn't just for the education. It was for having the experience with like my peers of like going to school. I low key was kind of craving it. And I think she knew that. So when she said that, she was giving me that look like, I know, I know, I know what this is. Um, but I mean, honestly, overall, I mean, the the major idea is, like, getting an education so that, say something were to happen, say, hey, I get accused of sexual harassment again. And what, say Jordan does something and I get kicked out of, you know, my position. What do I have to fall back on? And I take that more seriously now than I ever have, even though the desire to go back to school was something that I wanted since I got to the city since I left school, since I left high school, the desire to go to school, to go back to school was something that I've wanted. So the big day finally comes and it's not super eventful. I go to my interview. Um, Ryan's there. James is there. There's more people there than I thought were going to be there. People who are, you know, kind of big deals in the company and the head of our people ops person is there as well too. And... I started to get nervous, but then I just kind of, I don't know. 
I don't know. I noticed this like when I first started messing around with Miguel, like I used to never have any confidence whatsoever. And then after like Miguel, after like the more I started to like open up sexually, the more the more I was able to kind of like lean in on like what I call my inner Mr. Brooks. <laughs> I know that sounds kind of weird for me to say it like that, but that's how I feel about it. And I got to the point where like, even when I'm nervous, I have something I can fall back on to where I feel a little bit more confident. Anyway, interview, I feel like I was just like, hey, I mean, it went, I didn't like cry or anything. I didn't run out of the room. I had answers to all of their questions, but I didn't feel like I knocked it out of the park or anything like that. And when the interview was done, I looked over at James and James wasn't giving me shit. <laughs> James was like, I don't know you. Um, you are on your own right now, which is exactly how it was supposed to be. Anyway, I finished the interview and I go back to my club. Um, I don't hear anything, you know, the next day or the next day, which is totally fine. These types of decisions aren't usually made right away. Um, James won't talk to me about it when we're at home. Um, so I put it out of my mind. One day, midday, which is like my favorite time to be at the gym. I'm walking around. I know that my front desk person is off on lunch. And Auntie Marcella, Auntie Sella is watching the desk. And when I look at her, she has a funny look on her face. I'm like, why is she looking at me like that? She has like this surprised, excited, yet concerned look. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, what is going on? And I walk up to her, like, what is going on? And she is speechless. She is never speechless. Ever. But today, she's speechless, and she looks over at my office, and I look. And when I tell you, I knew. I feel like I knew before my eyes even fully focused. I looked at the back of his head. And without even thinking, my feet were moving towards the office. And when I peek in, he turns around. Amir? been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting to bring Amir back and to be able to talk about Amir face to face again. Um, and so I'm excited. I hope you're excited as well, too. Here's the thing. As I was doing this episode, I was listening back to the whole Logan section and I was like, I don't really feel like I captured the Logan story in this. So this is what I'm going to do. I already wrote his story out. And I'm going to either paste it. If I have enough, if they allow me enough characters, I'll paste it in the description box so that you don't have to click off site in order to read it. But if it doesn't let me do that, and I'll do this anyway, if it doesn't let me do that, go to my Twitter. I'll post a link to my Twitter, of course. Um, and you can find it posted on Twitter or actually I'm doing a blog as well too. And if I finish my blog by the time I publish this story, um, I'll make sure that Logan is like my first and only story um, at least, or not my only story, but I'll make sure Logan is my first story that I post there. Um, yeah, thank you so much. By the way, 
Donations always do help me to publish more stories. I know I say that a lot, but they do. Donations help me publish more stories. If you'd like to financially contribute to the podcast, you can do so on my Venmo or my Cash App, which are the same thing. It's Mr. Brooks Confesses. I will post a link just to make sure that I did that right. Um, And also, too, while you're here, if you can and you haven't done so already, A five-star rating goes a long way in helping expand the family. Thank you so much for everything. See you next go-around.